everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 660 with a review of The Mitchells vs. The Machines. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're talking about a little film that came to Netflix. Um, this is something that was going to go to theaters. Um, but, you know, due to COVID restrictions and all that stuff, it got pushed back and pushed back. And then eventually Sony sold their distribution rights to Netflix. And now we're all all able to stream it um, this weekend. So yay for everybody. <laughs> it also, I, I don't know if you saw, but Sony made them change the name to Connected. And Netflix let them change the name back to Mitchell's versus the Machine. And I think they definitely made the right call. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. what Sony was thinking with that kind of like completely generic unsearchable name <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i will definitely talk about that um a little bit before we jump into the actual review um but if you're listening now you might have noticed it's been uh you know it's been a few weeks since uh, we released a new episode uh, we took a little break in there uh steven why 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 would we take a break uh, from the podcast without telling anybody well, it, if you are listening right now, you might hear a slight difference in me, in me seeming less available, less attainable, <laughs> somehow just something is suddenly up and barricaded, uh, and <laughs> that, that's that I got married uh, last last weekend. Yep. Uh, Christopher was there also, uh, recording the podcast of it for me, <laughs> so... It, it was. We were continuing our tradition. We just are not releasing it to the public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because we got too wasted to actually put out the episode. And uh, yeah, everything's good though. Yeah, but but yeah, we. Um, I got engaged in the pandemic a year ago. At which point I thought, this is insane. It has been forty whole days of staying together in one apartment. How could anything crazier than this ever happen? Let's do it. Let's get engaged. <laughs> and when the world reopens in like a month or two, we can start planning a wedding. And then a full year passed and we are still in the pandemic. Uh, so we just had a <laughs> pandemic wedding and it was great. Yeah. Well, uh, all, all jokes aside, congratulations, Stephen. And uh, even though I'm sure she is not listening right now, <laughs> congratulations, Joanna. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on the congrats. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, now that everybody knows where we've been, we it's now now you know we're back and we're talking about another film. And I think you know before we jump into it, Stephen, you know you already referenced this change in titles um, mm-hmm. and how unexciting <laughs> uh, the the title it was temporarily changed to connected was. Um, what what kind of were your feelings about this film? Um, you know, once the trailer started coming out, because I assume, you know, I I think we have a good history of Sony animation films and anything uh, connected to producing, you know, by Lord and Miller, like, you know, there, there, there is, it's easy to get excited about a new film that's coming out. I think we were both really big fans of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, I actually never watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Really? And it is one of my deepest regrets. I feel like I know the tone of Cloudy a hundred percent. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. I did no due diligence before this movie. None. Like, <laughs> I saw a little bit of buzz on Twitter, like, 15 minutes before you texted, asking if we were going to do it this weekend. And I said, totally, without even checking what it was. I was like, yeah, family-friendly movie. People seem to like it. Great. That is what I want this weekend. That is perfect. Um, in my non-podcast life, I was binging movies from the 70s this week because I need to do I need to have a task at all times. And this happened to be my task last week. <laughs> and so after, 
you know, seeing Jack Nicholson naked one too many times, the idea of like a animated kids movie, I was sold and I, I was in. Um, it took all of 30 seconds into this movie for me to be like, this is Sony and Lord and Miller produced it. Like that is how strong their influence or at least the things that they choose to green light is, is immediately I was like, this is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Like I yeah. haven't even watched that movie, but I know that this is that movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so then had you not seen a, a trailer at all for it? Nope. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I was excited when this was announced um, and it seemed like it was going to be something that was going to be pretty awesome. I'll be, I'll be slightly, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be completely transparent and honest when the first teaser came out for it. I'm not sure I was totally on board with the like, oh, this is a takedown about how everybody stares at their phones and all that kind of stuff. And like, I, I think that kind of bugged me because the level of satire was not there. Like, obviously, the right. jokes were there. Like, you know, I, you know, in, in teasers and stuff, I laughed at the weird dog um, and, and stuff like that. But like famous this celebrity Doug the Pug playing that dog. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's um, what I learned. He's a we'll, we'll talk about it in the movie. <laughs> All right. But but yeah, I I think for a little bit, especially once they changed the name to Connected, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm really I'm really not vibing on this. Um, so like when it came time to watch this film, I was like optimistic, especially because I had been starting to see people like tweeting about it and stuff like that. But also it hadn't quite drawn me in yet with what it had presented to the world so far. So we were about to find out whether it it did nail what it was going for um, and if it worked out for both of us. So should we get started, Stephen? Yes. All right. We are going to take a listen to the trailer for the Mitchells versus the Machines. And then we're going to come back and give you a review. Let it begin. The last humans must be here somewhere. Wait. They're coming. Is that a burnt orange 1993 station wagon? Or is it? Ah, who are these unstoppable warriors? We're the Mitchells, the only people who can save the world. I'm super sorry, everyone. Let me introduce myself. I'm Katie. I'm sort of a weirdo. My parents haven't figured me out yet. To be fair, it took me a while to figure myself out. My brother, also weird. Hi, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? No. Okay, thank you. And my mom. Katie Face Cupcakes. Ah! All of us, really. How about we put our phones down and we can make 10 seconds of unobstructed family eye contact. Starting now. See, this is good right here. This is natural. Every family has its challenges. We haven't had a good family picture in years because you two are always arguing. For my family, our greatest challenge... Probably the robot apocalypse. Attention all robots. Capture every single person on the planet. What would a functional family do? Uh, butterfly formation. So we just do that, right? Who's behind this? Pal? I gave you all boundless knowledge, and you treated me like this. Poke, poke, swipe, poke, swipe, poke, poke, pinch, zoom. 
were the last people left? It's up to us. Save the world. Katie, we're gonna do this together. Mitchell family on three. Mitchell family. Mitchell family. Now, now. Oh, sorry. Two. You three. You sorry, 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 sorry. One. Mitchell oh, family. Find them now. Everything with a computer chip is alive. I like text. Let us info. Mitchell's engaged. Ten and two. There you go. Mitchells have always been weird, and that's what makes us great. Hold on a second. What's a Furby? Why would someone build that? All right, so that was the trailer for The Mitchells versus The Machines. And uh, basically, this is a story of a Silicon Valley company accidentally unleashing the robot apocalypse and this one family who manages to escape <laughs> the capture of most of the humans on the planet has to work as hard as they can, um, as dysfunctional as they are, to try and end this robot apocalypse. Stephen Miller, what did you think of the Mitchells versus the Machines? Uh, so I think it was very fortunate that i hadn't seen a trailer because every single joke in this movie was completely fresh to me including like i'm kind of annoyed that the furby scene is in the trailer now that i'm learning this um <laughs> i thought the first half of this movie was fantastic i i was so immediately charmed by what this movie was doing i, I mentioned that within like 30 seconds i knew this was a sony pictures lord miller type joint like it it has that frenetic energy my touchstone is the lego movie but my understanding is cloudy with a chance of meatballs also carries that same kind of joy to a degree um it it is just a non-stop fun thrill ride and that can go either way like i think this movie dips into territory that could have fallen very flat for me like you you mentioned the jokes about us being glued to our phone you know, uh, there's stuff in the beginning of this movie about the uh, the lead character, Katie, doesn't quite fit in. And she makes movies with Dog Cop. And the movies are supposed to be very silly and very out there. And it, it's that thing like me and all the dying girl where it's like these will either be funny or they will fall flat depending on how hard they hammer this. And the the movie just nailed it. Like everything I thought would be cringy was not cringy for me, at least for when it counted in the ramp up. I'm going to say that the first half of the movie, when you're getting introduced to all the characters, you figure out the stakes, the robot apocalypse happens. I laughed a ton. Um, I laughed a ton at the throwaway <laughs> jokes, much like the Lego movie, where you just have a mile a minute laughs. Um, one of my favorite random gags was when... Uh, Katie is upset that she is on the road trip rather than in college already. And she is looking at videos or FaceTiming with, uh, with a friend who's at college and they made a slip and slide and somebody dives on the slip and slide and says, this is the best day of my life. I'm forging lifelong social bonds. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to this movie in headphones when Joanna was in the other room for the first half and she heard me laughing out loud so much that she came out and demanded that like (laughs) I take off the headphones and we watch the second half together. Um, it, uh, like, I just thought it, there were so many funny things. Like, like the execution is funny, even if the content of the joke is not that yeah. amazing. Um, 
an example again pointing to technology is Olivia Coleman's phone character pal like that that could be very kind of overdone oh people are on their phones all the time they misuse the phone they don't care look now I'm gonna strike back but she plays it so funny all the things about like you're poking my face and stuff like they sell the jokes with sheer energy even when the content of the joke is maybe not batting 100 um I love the enhanced filter gag when Maya Rudolph, the mom character, tries to enhance their photo into them looking fun like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend's family are fun. I just There were so many laugh out loud moments where I was just like, this yeah. movie is so entertaining and brimming with jokes. Um, when I think about the plot, my first thought, which you and I are probably some of the only people on the planet who will think this, is this is the plot of Next Gen, a movie that we reviewed a few years ago. Um, and where Next Gen, we both liked it, but criticized that it basically was invented by an algorithm. Like, it feels like a movie that just said, what are all the things that will do well on streaming? This movie has basically that same cocktail of things. It should be straight down the middle, feel okay, but not great. But it, they just sell it by sheer force of, like, there's energy, there's heart. It is a very good-natured movie. It is a very strange movie that is happy to be strange. And I, I found all that just incredibly charming. And it made every kind of plot mechanic that felt a little bit paint-by-numbers, I didn't care. Because it was just yeah. so much fun to watch it happen. I keep saying first half because I think when the movie becomes a we have a mission, now let's execute on it movie, like many things in the genre, it doesn't quite hold my attention the way the first half did. It, it, it started to strain a little bit. I, I think I would have preferred the 90-minute version of this to the like 110-minute or whatever we got was. Hmm. Um like the movie is still fun and it still has, you know, a joke a minute and it's still, I, I just feel like that energy level doesn't, you can't maintain that for that long. Um, but not, nothing about like the second half, which I still thought was like perfectly good. It just, my last a minute went down dramatically compared to when I was being introduced to all the characters and all the ideas, when it became more about calling back and tying things together. Um, I was like just a little bit less high on it, but Overall, I I just thought it was, like, charming and lovely and, like, completely infectious and a fun movie that was fun to laugh at. And I, I had a blast. And we'll talk about Doug the Pug after you tell me how you feel. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh... Before I before I even go into talking about um, the the content of the film, I, I really want to touch on how unbelievably gorgeous this movie looks. Like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it's clear they're building on top. Like Sony, the Sony Animation Studios is is building on top of the tech that they made for um, for Into the Spider Verse. Um, but it yeah. just it has a look that's that's really unlike anything that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, it looks so rad. And it, it's doing the thing where sometimes, like, just smile lines on the face are 2D on top of the 3D exterior to the person. And something about, like, the texture of how, what they chose to make. Like, everything looks like... It's not quite Paperman style, but it kind of has that mm -hmm. feel of what Paperman has, where it's like... I, I understand that this is probably a 3D scene, but it also looks like it's a 2D drawing on top of it. And it just, it looks, and I know that that's a different studio, but like, uh, I, I really, really appreciate it. Like, especially anytime you got really close in on somebody's face, like I was constantly in awe at like how amazing this 
film just looked uh, at all. Like yeah. it, it, it kind of impressed me as much as Wolfwalkers did, even though it's a completely different like genre of of animation. Um, but but yeah, I, I, just, I just thought this film looked amazing, and I'm excited to see what else the studio can do because it, it looks obviously very very distinct from Into the Spider Verse, but it also just looks like it just looks very has a, a weird texture to it that I just love. I, I, can't, I can't put my finger on it, but I just, it made, it made me really, really excited just to watch every little nook and cranny of what this film was doing. Um, now going back to the actual content of the film itself. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely positive on this film. Um, so I'm just going to start with one of the, one of the negative thoughts in my head that I had while watching the film is that, and it, and it relates to what you were bringing up. Like I, I also did want to bring up next gen and this yep. idea of something being made, uh, by the algorithm. But what's interesting is like Netflix does make things based on the algorithm. Like, you, like you can watch, you can watch a film and see the pieces of all the other films that played on Netflix that did well. And you can go like, okay, I can see why they greenlit this because it basically checks all the boxes of these three other films, like, you know, character who's blind, you know, like little child, like all, all these like different things, right? Like you'll, you'll see them compile a film by its constituent pieces and build up to right. something that they think can match whatever their algorithm does. So what's interesting is this film was not a Netflix film originally, <laughs> but then was sold to Netflix. But then when you watch it, you, 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 you see all these pieces where you're like, all right, so the setup to this film is a goofy movie. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The robot apocalypse is obviously taken from next gen, as you said. Um, this one you won't get as much because you said you haven't seen it. But the father character is basically the father from uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Like there's literally a, a scene that is either it has to be an homage to to a, a scene towards the end of that film with the father where it's like, there, there's no way that this is completely unrelated or it was an accidental and accidental coincidence that they did it. But it's like, it, like you can just see this film being pieced together to match all those things. All that being said, the reason why that didn't affect my enjoyment of the film is because this is actually a really touching, deep family drama yeah. set amongst this wild, silly, jokey robot apocalypse. Like, like as, as I kind of mentioned in the, the preamble to the episode, um, I, I didn't, I didn't think that like the, the biting nature, or, or I should say the lack of biting nature of the, the takedown of technology in our lives. It, like this film is not even remotely trying to even come close to being like Black Mirror or something. It's but, not really. Exactly. And, and that's where the trailer, the, what I heard seems like it's selling a kind of small picture of it. I don't think this movie is a takedown of technology. This movie is letting us see the way the dad feels about technology and it is letting us kind of agree with him and also kind of think he's an out of touch moron right like, yeah yeah like this movie does not care where you land in the end it's just trying to have fun with the idea that someone would feel that way yeah but somebody's still inserting jokes like there there's there's uh <laughs> uh there, there's a scene towards the end where the leader of this company says like oh so building an entire network that like steals everybody's information and blah 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 and giving it to a powerful ai was a bad idea like clearly that is a joke of a thesis for like what is happening sure. in this film right like it's just not trying very hard and i think that 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 sort of world that it was in kind of like it didn't annoy me. Like I wasn't getting defensive about it or whatever, but it was just one of those things where I was like, you're, you're going for low, low hanging fruit here. Like this isn't that funny. Right. I, I get it that the mm -hmm. family can't make eye contact for 10 seconds um, without like 
popping a blood vessel in their eye or whatever. But it just that part of it didn't seem that funny to me. But what is funny in this film is all the little the little gags that aren't actually the society like just the little things like there is a there's a joke related to the pug that made me like cry laughing like right at the end of this film that that was just like it was so perfect because it was like it hit both the comedy the callback and the emotional stakes of it that like it just i was like man this is fucking brilliant i love this and there's just there's just little moments throughout the film that just had me cracking up i also had a similar experience to you uh, where my significant other heard me just laughing out loud several parts of the film but she did not come over to watch the film with me. So uh, that's the one difference there. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a really interesting film, but like really, I, I, I think that this film is a very, very, it has really great messages in it. And I think it, it really handles the family dynamics a lot. Oh, also, sorry, backing up the one other thing that I meant to compare it to, but I forgot to is the mother is the mother from onward. Mm -hmm. um, like right. becomes quite literally the mother from onward uh, at some point in the film. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, going back to where I was, like I, I really think that that what what makes this film as strong as it is is not the sci-fi story. It's not the tech takedown. It is just this family dynamic and how much the the sibling relationship is, how much the 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 husband wife relationship is, how much the the you know the father daughter relationship is, and kind of just bringing in all that stuff full circle and and having all those moments come back where you dip back to things that were said earlier or you 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 see how much a character is putting into what they're doing for another person and how they genuinely worry about how that is going over that. Like I, I just, I found this film uh, surprisingly moving while yeah. also being incredibly funny. Um, so, and, and the cast is just amazing. <laughs> oh, it, it's one of those movies where it was so fun to just over the course of the movie, figure out who was voicing what character. Yeah. Um, like I got, I got Danny McBride pretty quickly. Eric Andre and Olivia Coleman, I got right away. Yeah. Fred Armisen, I got. Others, I took forever. Like I, I never figured out. Abby from Broad City was doing the voice of the main girl. Um, Conan O'Brien is in this movie. Yeah, it was um, right at the very, very. It was towards the very end that I was like, oh, that is Conan O'Brien. Yeah, like, like it, it's just a stacked cast. Um. And there's like a real joy in just figuring out who is doing what, which leads me to Doug the Pug, uh, who is an actual dog um, on Instagram, uh, who has more followers than we have probably had downloads in total of anything we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> This is a dog with 3.9 million downloads, and according to the credits of the movie, every noise that uh, uh, Monchi makes is actually recorded from this influencer pug. So, Interesting. There you go, and now I will send you a link to an Instagram pic of the pug celebrating that he was in the credits of this movie. <laughs> oh, great. Let me click on this. Oh. <sighs> Hold on. It's making you sign in. It's making me sign in. <laughs> Technology, folks. <laughs> can can we drop in one of the times when you talk about us being glued to our phones? The uh, uh, Tim Robinson in the hot dog suit talking about like how we're so connected to our phones right before he lists all the porn websites. Perfect. We've been sitting here talking all day, and you all never bothered to learn my name. <laughs> We're so buried in our phones. 
Instead of giving someone a real smile, we send an emoji. I mean, we don't even look at porn on our computer anymore. We look at it on our phone? <laughs> Pornhub, Xtube. I know these names better than I know my own grandmothers. You porn, XXN, Red Tube, Panty Jobs, Homegrown Simpson stuff. All great, but I ask you this. If I was a big old guy with a big burly white beard, would you still be yelling at me? Um, all right, now I'm looking at it. Very nice, very nice. There <laughs> Thank you, go. you, Instagram, for letting me go directly to this. 3.9 million followers. It's Doug the Pug. <laughs> this dog looks totally normal. Doesn't look like a loaf of bread. <laughs> no, I know. This would not confuse my uh, hot dog, not a hot dog detector at all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Steven, my question for you is obviously the people involved in this film are incredibly clever, um, and nothing can really be that much of a coincidence. Um, I already referenced that the setup for this film is, uh, is basically a goofy movie. Um, there is a scene (laughs) where our lead character has to take out a drone using a fishing pole. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, yeah, yeah, hon, like 10 and 2. And she's like teaching her how to like cast the, the fishing. Like, could that possibly be a, like a, a, a nod to Goofy Movie? Um, like acknowledging it, it that it's could, picking off the, prep, the, the, the thing for it? It could, it could be. Honestly, I haven't watched Goofy Movie in so long. I, I would really need to refresh myself on, on it. But I think, so here is my, one of my maybe universe brain, nothing is accidental in this movie. Um, the the lead character is clearly being coded as queer early in the movie, even though I don't think they make that explicit until the very very end. Yeah, yeah. But like you, you know, you you knew it was coming. It's kind of like part of the subtext of she's finding her own tribe and coming into herself in you know multiple different ways. Um, early in the movie when she's first introduced, there's a montage of her like trying on different outfits and stuff, and generally being a little bit of an outsider in her school. It cuts from that montage to the mom holding the pug, staring at it, saying, you can look straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I really don't know if that was a, a nod to like the pressure that she felt from, <laughs> from her parents or not. Uh, but that was something that I felt right away in this movie. Again, having not read anything about it, like yeah. that was how quickly I was like, I feel like this is coding something. <laughs> I, it also depends on how much of the movie in a overt like because there are moments in the movie where the film you were watching is like on a meta textual level being edited by her right like she sure. is yeah. she is doing things to present information to the audience where she's in control so the question is right. is everything before those moments also her editing the film because that would fit in line with the type of videos that she makes where she's like putting in these little things um i, I think but, yes I, I think the whole film is edited by her Every, everything that we watch is edited by her in some way cool um <laughs> uh so more more seemingly homages um obviously the, the, this, this company that creates this ai the ai itself is called pal which on the mm. one hand is pretty clever because it's like like imagine if siri was called pal and you'd be like hey pal could you uh set a reminder for this and it would do it like that that's yeah. that's, that's that's fun but also pal hal 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely think the Hal reference is there. Yeah. That, that was something I was thinking about for sure. But it's also just a good fake Silicon Valley company name because it's like kind of Apple and kind of PayPal and kind of like, like it has that simplicity where it could be a lot of different things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, clearly the Furby that you were upset about being in the trailer, the large Furby is clearly Godzilla, like even has Godzilla's breath, which Mm. why would you build that like like if the machines are taking over like i get a toaster uh, a character shouts that exact thing <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true somebody does that somebody does shout it um but uh but yeah like like i get like a toaster being able to superheat its coils and do bad things or a vending machine shooting uh soda cans at you like sure in a cartoon world i get that but having an axe like somebody making a giant furby that has like giant uh whatever the energy is in Godzilla that can just shoot like it's literally like some of those felt like shot shot like shot for shot scenes from Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> but it's like that can't be right unless they were both being like edited in the same bay and somebody like saw an early cut and was like we're doing that I, I guess I don't know how much Godzilla versus Kong was delayed <laughs> in, or, uh, in order to know how likely it is that, that is true I guess but yeah so for me the and I don't want to be down on this film because I had a great time. Like, I, I had a great time with it. But for me, the the mall scene with the Furbies, that is kind of where the film turns from, this is all so inventive, what the hell are they going to do next? There's a new joke every minute. There's so many funny, quippy things happening into, okay, now I'm watching the family adventure movie wind to a conclusion. Like, for me, if I can pinpoint the moment at which the movie stopped being i'm laughing every 30 seconds into like i have a smile on my face but i'm definitely like you know i'm i'm ready for them to wind up it was around then yeah Uh, and i don't know what it is like i thought the big furby shouting things that are subtitled like you know the end has come blah 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 like i I thought that was funny it was just it it was funny in a different way than the movie before it. It started to be more like now they are throwing every idea they have at me to keep me laughing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I felt like something shifted in the movie around then when it started to be wacky, wacky. It's the same. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but there is a moment in the film you referenced the mom being much like the onward mom. Um, yeah. And that that happens in this movie. And that is an example of one of the sort of things that is still funny and playful but in a much more traditional animated family film way than some of the humor that came before and overall i just felt like the there was so much original content in the beginning of this movie in the setup of who they were how they related to other people what she wanted out of college how they felt about their neighbors how the robots behave like there, there was so much of that and i just don't think it quite had the juice to carry that throughout the whole movie gotcha but the goodwill is you know, like there's enough goodwill like i'm, I'm never going to turn negative on the movie after that <laughs> like it's fine yeah yeah I, I think i think for me uh, well first of all one little nitpick is it, like the mall scene that you're talking about what i really hated about the mall scene is I won't say exactly why they're there, but that scene in the trailer, you hear the lead character yell, everything with the computer chip is alive or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's holding a laptop that is not yep. alive. <laughs> True. And I was like, I don't know a lot about computers. <laughs> 
But I'm pretty sure but the I thing... know that laptops are alive. <laughs> <laughs> the thing called a computer has a computer chip, at least one in there. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely think it was funny how how they they like they they sort of went for the jokes at the expense uh, or at the expense of actually staying um, uh, like the rules that they have set in their universe, like. The fact that like they have to do one thing to try to stop something, but also you can just do this other thing that also stops it. But <laughs> it could just it seemed just a, a little a little weird, a little weird. But yeah. Um, but yeah, for for me, it, it kind of it d- didn't really bother me because I think when it started to transition away from being a laugh a minute, it had already be- become like an emotional beat a minute, and it was yeah. like now I was vibing on this film from this other standpoint where the 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 jokes were like little bits bits of respite from like the emotional fi- like tugs that it was doing for me, and I like everything else kind of just became it, it basically didn't bug me. Um, like you know, at, at the end they're basically you know they're becoming way more skilled at what they need to do. <laughs> to try to fight the robots than they were at any point in their entire life before that. But I kind of forgive it because it's sort of just, it is what it is. And I know this type of film that I'm watching and I kind of don't care anymore. Of course it it, it comes with the territory, with the genre. Like I, I I would be hard pressed to think of like the only kind of movies that don't follow that, that begin laugh a minute would be, I would say the Lego movie that stays laugh a minute the whole time. Um, and that yeah. is very hard to do, and you don't have to do it. It's just the... I definitely got emotionally invested. Uh, there is a montage that uh, the lead character watches in the car, maybe like two-thirds of the way through this movie, or so, a, a little later than that. It, it's toward the end of the movie that got yeah. me pretty damn good. It is their version of the soul montage or you know other things where the movie just shows you life in a little you know 30-second period um but yeah i I don't don't know how to explain it like other than that moment i just i don't think they quite have the emotional hooks in me that like a pixar can do what they have is the disarming laughter that can make the emotional stuff hit and when the laughs die down right around the time the emotional starts come up I, I don't know. There's something about the balance that like doesn't disarm me the way that I feel like it would have if I was laughing, you know, 30 seconds before and then they hit me over the head with something. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a minor complaint. But I, I just think they could have made me cry instead of they, they there was one moment where i definitely had the like oh i feel it coming <laughs> but no there there was as far there, as i got there is definitely like at least two moments that made me like well up a little bit and get a little misty yeah um but that the thing that i'm referencing the the callback to the dog that's when like a tear actually fell because of like it was the culmination of all the emotion plus this right. hilarious callback and i was just like oh i don't know what's happening in my body Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I I will say so uh Joanna, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Yeah. She she joined me halfway through and watched it and decided like she wanted to watch the first half from yeah. seeing the second half. So like movie definitely stays good. It, like like it stayed good enough for someone to come in halfway through and want to revisit the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the first half was alchemy and the second half was a little bit more 
standard fare. The second half was more of what I remember Next Gen making me feel, which is like, this has the emotional goods, but I also feel, I see like the seams a little bit more. Yeah. I think too, one one of the things that I really, really love about this film and, and, you know, besides just like the jokes and stuff like that, um, is the attention to detail for the little things like in any other film, um, that is doing a thing where a child likes to make videos, no time is going to be spent on the video itself, right? It's just going to be something silly, but like the cop dog, video that you like episode five that you end up watching later like that's a fully thought out idea which communicates an entire relationship between two characters and it's like it's just it's brilliant the way it's handled and and the way the way that it's used later I, i i feel like it's just like the idea of a character who who isn't fully in touch with his emotions and can't seem to articulate the way he wants to talk to his daughter stumbling through trying to make an analogy to her to her own video just like i thought that was like perfect <laughs> yep yeah that that was great i love the i i'm going to have to paraphrase the the line in the first cop dog but it it was something like he walks into a room and he's like there's two things i know how to do and that's sniff my butt and catch criminals and i'm all out of criminals <laughs> i did i did crack up oh good times like like i think um the the lead character i, I know she is not actually played by a teenage girl but she does carry some of the same something that made me uh God, I'm blanking on the the Sundance movie or the South by movie that we watched where I really liked the teenage lead character now. Oh, uh, the fallout? Yeah, the fallout. Yeah. Like, obviously very different movie, but what I loved in the fallout primarily was how much the lead character really seemed to get at something about, like, the mix of irony and sincerity that the new younger generation seems to have. And like, even though Abby Jacobson is like considerably older, the person voicing her, I felt like the Katie character nailed that. Like cop dog is a great example where it like, it isn't just that that is funny and kind of dumb, but it's like, she knows that that line in particular doesn't, make sense like if you were gonna bust criminals you would say it the other way around yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't make it sound like you're about to sniff your butt <laughs> but it, I, it just felt like exactly the kind of humor that i would believe a like 17 year old girl right now would do if she was like cool and knew how to make movies <laughs> like I, yeah. I, there was just something about it where i felt i felt in tune with the zoomers <laughs> watching <Yeah>. this movie <laughs> uh, so I, I will say like on a, on a separate point related to the same thing like i i one of the things that did weird me out is to me that both children characters felt authentic as children's but their voices sounded like adults to me like full-on grown adults like it it just sounded like adults doing a child voice um and it's like it didn't bother me at all but i I was just kind of like oh interesting this seems weird like i just clicked on the imdb for uh the person who did that character and uh i can't see any of the information well, so the the one who voiced the other kid is the director and writer of the movie okay uh, gotcha michael rianda um but yeah abby abby jacobson the broad city person did katie she worked for me i like i would have believed that that was a teenage girl that was that was doing that voice the, oh. the younger brother not at all <laughs> but 
Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm just going to complain about for a second on whoever's adding quotes for the characters on IMDb because there are two quotes for the kid, uh, for Aaron. And quote number one is Katie saying, Aaron, do you have a credit card? And Aaron saying, I'm a child. That's the full quote they put on there. And then the other quote is Raptor Bash, Raptor Bash. <laughs> like, uh, they clearly should have. No, just kidding. I hate dinosaurs and I hate you. Bye forever. <laughs> yeah, like, like there are plenty of better quotes in this film. Um, yeah. But we're not here to complain about whoever's putting quotes on IMDb. Um, we're here no. to talk about this film and how great it is. <laughs> it's pretty great. So one thing that interests me is I mentioned again, immediately I felt that this was Lloyd and Miller related, but they are producers, but like they did not direct this movie. This was written and directed by someone else with their own creative vision, motivated by their own thing. I wonder how involved in the process Lord and Miller are versus how much they spot people who have a sensibility that is similar to them and like empower them to do something. Because yeah. it is such a strong brand. And <laughs> it is shocking to me that they didn't have a hand in the like joke writing of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, or the question is... Um the person who wrote it write it with like with them producing in mind of like they're gonna love this mm. <laughs> yeah it's like writing being john malkovich it's like i'm writing this for one production duo only <laughs> if i don't get them this movie's not happening yeah this is not gonna make a lot of sense but yeah uh any last things to say about this film steven um no, not really. I just think it it got so much right about like the feeling of growing up and the dynamic of families and the love-hate relationship that you have for them and it it was funny when it tried to be a social satire. I I referenced like some of the Instagram jokes and stuff that the influencer family next door cracked me up a ton whenever so they were good. on screen, which was just not... I wanted them to recur through the movie more than they did, um, yeah. just because of how funny they were. Like, like, this hits all of the... It hits the personal beats. It hits the broad humor. It It is quirky. It... It's great. I want like I, I want five movies like this a year. Like I just want this to be the genre that comes out all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I would be a hundred percent down with this. Um, give us give us more. Give us it all. <laughs> mm. Um. Uh, well, I think that means it's about time to get to our verdicts for this film. So Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must see, recommend with a caveat, wait for a rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? You know, for some reason, I was going to come in curmudgeonly and do recommend with caveat just of like, well, you know, it kind of lagged toward the second half and it didn't totally hold my attention. But I, I don't care. I love this movie. This was a lot of fun. This is a must see movie. I think they just nail what they're trying to do. And I am not a child, but I feel like they made such a wide target demographic of this movie and just aced it. Um, that is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think if I was, if I was trying to be, as you said, chromogeny and I was trying to like, well, let me like rate this for real and how it executed on every single part accurately. Um, 
I probably would also give it like a record with a caveat, but I'm also going to give it <laughs> a must see um, just because a it's on Netflix. Pretty much everybody at this point has access to it. Um, and it's definitely worth a watch. Like I, I, I can't imagine anybody seeing this and walking away from it disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can have your little nitpicks about different things and, and think that they could have done better with certain parts. Um, as we've kind of mentioned here on on this uh, episode, but I think for the most part, it it nails the humor. Um, it's pretty damn clever at like other little bits of stuff that it makes jokes about. <laughs> um, so even though it's not the best takedown of the tech industry, um, it is the best takedown of my belly from all the laughing. So, mm-hmm. so take that. Amen. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to do it for our review of The Mitchells versus The Machines. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Mitchells versus The Machines. Um, hopefully that's available. Um, if not, it's going to be credit music. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with something else. Didn't bother looking it up before recording, but uh, rest assured. Something something has to come out. Yeah, yeah. There will be more stuff coming out soon. So later. Bye. <laughs> later. Later.